3: Hey everybody! Welcome to Movie Crush Mini Crush. Yeah, yeah. What he said. Sorry, I'm focused on this delicious Asiago bagel that I have. In Whoa! Front
4: of me. I know, right? Is that what your Is that what I smell? Yep. Mm-hmm. That looks good. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry, man. I didn't mean to
3: bring food into the containment area, but I had to do it. I had to. No. Here's the deal, everyone. They're bringing in uh, breakfast for us one day a week now, which is very nice. Um, and they're bringing in sometimes breakfast sandwiches, sometimes bagels. And danishes, and the like, pastries. And when they bring in bagels, they are not bringing in everything bagels. It's true. Man. It's a bummer. It's the king of all bagels.
4: It's the quintessential bagel. It's the perfect bagel. It's the everything bagel. God. I need to talk to
3: somebody about that. Surely you have some pull with the bagel team. I mean, in in, in the meantime, at the end of the day, there's like seven whole wheat bagels just sitting there. Yeah, and cinnamon raisin. Nobody Pe- likes people that. People aren't into that either. No <laughs> one wants that shit. Mm-mm. All right. So, What do you got, Chuck? What do you got? Well, I got a couple of uh, announcements, a little uh, business housekeeping. Just got back from California, went out there to sort of a little mini vacation, which I don't take many vacations, many vacations. So in this case, I took a mini vacation. Uh, My friend PJ uh, got married to a lovely uh, woman named Anna, who I... Just met at the wedding. I do not know Anna very well, but she seems great. And PJ is an old friend of mine from California in my L.A. days and uh, seated at my table. This is in Santa Barbara. So Emily and I went to wine country. Oh, beautiful. We rode horses through a vineyard. Dude, for, sounds for like God's a really sake. nice mini vacay. <laughs> man, it was great. Stayed at a super swank place in Santa Barbara and like laid by the pool. And I was like, man, I am I'm going to check out at least. On some of these days, I had to do a little work, but I really made myself just lay there and look at the pigeons by the pool. The famous pigeons of Santa Barbara? <laughs> <laughs> no, at one point I lay there for like an hour just watching these pigeons jumping around in the pool. Is that the same as the swallows of Capistrano? I think so. Yeah, okay. The pigeons of Santa Barbara. Yeah. <laughs> they poop Cabernet. Uh So... Long story short, the reason I'm mentioning this on this show is because um PJ is a is a connected LA dude and seated at my wedding table, at my dinner table were Will Forte. Yes, Knowles just Sorry. choked on his bagel. Oh my god, I love him so much. <laughs> I do too. And Sean Gunn, uh the actor, and a uh a, an agent from ICM like a, you know, like a like an agent. Yeah. Who a big shot, a very funny guy, and I was like, "Man, you're not the talent." Like he, I'm sure he's done like stand up in his life. He's very funny. He told a really great story about uh, Yoko Ono and being in John Lennon and Yoko's apartment, which I bet that was a the sight to behold. (laughs) It was pretty great. So, long story short, again, I'm gonna look for these people on the show. Sean Gunn actually owns a house here in Atlanta because he shoots here a lot, and I've already corresponded with him. He's coming in toot sweet. And uh, Forte, I'm going to have to get hooked up with for a later date in L.A., um, but I did make contact with the an agent, and I thought it'd be I thought listeners would get a kick out of hearing about what an agent does and what his job is like on a day-to-day basis. So I'm going to get him on my next L.A. trip, too. But um, I'm happy to report that Will Forte is a wonderful human being. And as he went around introducing himself to the table, like walked around and shook hands with everyone, uh, everyone was just saying hi, hi. And I said, listen, man, I'm a big fan. I know that's probably not cool to say, uh, seated at your wedding table, but I'm not going to be a problem. Don't worry. <laughs> and he came around a minute later and grabbed me and he said, Hey man, he said, I really appreciate that. He said, it's, it's never not cool to tell someone that you like what they do. And, uh, that means a lot to me. Thank you. What a uh, sweet guy. How about that? Mm-hmm. He was a very sweet guy. He seems like it. Yeah. Just the best. So, uh, that was fun. I had a great time, man. partying with Will Forte. Uh, also, Noel. Wait, Sean Gunn's related to James Gunn, right? Yeah, he's his brother. Yeah, okay. And um, Sean, I mean, Sean's been an actor for a long time. He was in the Gilmore Girls years ago. He was in Guardians. He was part of that crew of sort of redneck henchmen. That's right. That's funny. He was great. Yeah. yeah. And uh, he's been a lot of stuff. But Sean, Sean's a great guy, too. And he lives in Atlanta now, kind of part-time, which is awesome. Uh, so, Noel, the casting papers was very divisive. <laughs> really? Yeah. A lot of people hated it. Uh, I think that was partially on me. I think I set it up a little too uh, salaciously. Right. Like, oh, get ready. And it it really was just a little more of a fun inside peek. Well, you know. Then uh, I think I trumped it up a little too much as uh, – um, Are you saying people on the internet were,
4: were displeased with something, Chuck? <laughs> <laughs> no. Is that what you're saying? That doesn't make sense.
3: Yeah, but I'm, I'm partially to blame here. So, um, so a lot of people did enjoy it. So uh, if you didn't like it, I'm sorry. We're just – we're doing the best we can here. It's true. Just th- trying to throw out some different content. Uh, and what else did I have in here? Oh, Noel. Well, a quick, quick uh, thanks to uh, Jamie Hart. Remember when I was talking – we were talking about the poker trope? card up the sleeve. Oh, yeah. That was Solo that I was thinking of. Remember, I couldn't think of the movie that I'd just seen. Well, that's because that movie was the most forgettable movie
4: of all time. Oh, it is pretty forgettable. I mean, like, it was gone from my head the moment I walked out of that theater.
3: Yeah, you are like, Han Solo, who even is that? Who even is that?
4: (laughs) Harrison Ford?
3: So, oh, by the way, I saw when I was in uh, L.A., I was in my old neighborhood in Los Feliz um, having some outdoor lunch at Fred 6-2, and a guy walked by with a Chewbacca coat, Like, uh, you know, it was a big fuzzy coat with the the thing across his chest. The bandolier? Is that (laughs) what it's called?
4: I don't know. (laughs) The thing with the, whatever, it's like energy gun cartridges, but it's sort of like the kind of thing you'd see like a dude with bullets strapped around. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: But he was wearing this just fully just walking down the street, a big fuzzy Chewbacca coat.
4: It seems a little warm.
3: Well, it was, but it's L.A. People there are weird. Yeah, that's fair. You never know what you're going to see. I'm going to L.A. soon. Oh,
4: yeah? A couple different times, yeah. For uh, work? For work. Where are you going? Um, just, you know, to our studios up there. Yeah. Doing some interviews and then going to some kind of big conference, like the Summit Conference. It's like a bunch of makers and weird startup entrepreneur guys and things, oh, yeah? you know. People like uh, the dude that created Cirque du Soleil and Jeff what are you Bezos. Gonna, what are you doing there? I'm no going to hobnob. I'm going <laughs> to, you know, hey man, I, I've got cloud. I've been on Movie Crush. I've been on a proper episode <laughs> of Movie Crush. I'm now officially, like, in the scene. You like LA? I like LA. You? Yeah, I do. Yeah. I, I mean it's it's like it's one of those cities where it really depends on who you know and where you go. If you go to the wrong place, it can be a real drag and it's like kind of like sure. you know, strip mall city in certain areas, but like mm, yeah. there, there are parts of it that are lovely and if you know the right people and know the right places to go, it's it's really can be a lot of fun. East
3: side but of Hollywood, that's all you need to know. That's
4: true. See? Pro tip. Yeah.
3: Um, so, I had a great time. You know, I was there with Emily, and that's where we fell in love. And um, so, anytime I go to LA with her, we have a great time. Nostalgia kicks in, and we're like, could we live here again? And then, usually by the end of the trip, we're like, no, of course not. It's just nice to come back. All right. You know, weed's legal there now, Noel. I know that. I
4: don't know what that even is.
3: I got a couple of recommendations for you. Okay, we'll talk. All right, so, uh, Solo, Poker Trope. Thank you to Jamie Hart on the internet for uh, naming that movie. And also shout out to Don Morris and Zach Pointer for uh, also chiming in and yelling in their cards at me, supposedly. it's Solo is what you're thinking. Even though it wasn't poker, that was definitely the movie I was thinking. Uh, Now, Noel, I would like briefly um, for you and I to talk about a little something that we went to. Although not together, the wonderful, wonderful Utopia tour. Oh yeah, of David Byrne. Well, I guess we should start off by talking about the Jonathan
4: Demi uh, concert film "Stop Making Sense." Yes, which we've talked about before. Um, yeah, I mean one of the, one of the greats. It's one of the greats. The show itself lends itself so well to that kind of treatment because it, it it progresses over time. It starts with David Byrne walking on stage with like a boombox yeah. and the guitar and he does Psycho Killer and then they, they gradually build the, the company, you uh-huh. know, the set or whatever, yeah. the, the players. And then they'd incorporate all these amazing choreography and lighting and just really kind of cool practical effects in a theater kind of setting. This show we saw, I think, took a lot of that stuff like kind of to the next level like it had a lot of like nods to stop making sense like sure. some of the lighting effects like with the low uh can lights that create these huge shadows on the wall and all of that kind of stuff but i feel like it was sort of like an escalation of the ideas that he had on stop making sense and i really hope that somebody filmed that cuz i've been on tour for so long i can't imagine that they didn't do a really good high quality well that's what
3: i told emily right after i was like Somebody, please tell me that this is also going to be a concert film, and like the next great concert film from David Byrne. Yeah, I mean, what? what how would you even?
4: How would you describe it, Chuck?
3: Well, here is the deal. Let, let's just back up a sec. Um, we, uh, well, first of all, I, we both had great seats. Um, you and Ramsey mm-hmm. were what, like fifth row behind Say the sixth pit row area. or something
4: like that. Yeah, to the to the side. To
3: the uh, when I logged on to Ticketmaster to um, get tickets, like I always do. When I can, I log in right at you know ten like nine fifty eight, and I'm waiting. And right at ten o'clock, I try and get tickets. Sometimes I get completely shut out and don't get tickets at all. This time, I got literally the two best seats, like front row, right in the middle. It just popped up, and I was like, "Wow, that's never happened to me in my life." So it was an interesting experience on the front row. I talked to you a little bit about it. Uh, I think like ideally your seats between five and 15 rows is kind of the best because you get that full stage picture and that perspective. But first row is interesting to do every now and then because there is an intensity to feeling the drums in your, like literally moving your face when they're right in front of you. Um, At one point he literally locked eyes with Emily and, kind of cracked a laugh and smile during a serious sort of dance party. It was all serious. Mm -hmm. And I looked right at her, and I went, did you just... And she went, we just had a moment. Oh, my (laughs) god! And then at the end of the show, uh, they were doing uh, the the great protest song from Janelle Monae, um, Say Their Names. Say Their Names, yeah. Very powerful moment. Audiences all into it. And in Atlanta, of course, there is this redneck who, in a sad show of defiance... Stomps out right past me at the end, sets his full draft beer on stage right in front of David Byrne and leaves. Well,
4: that guy's a sucker because that beer was like $15. (laughs) Well,
3: that too. And this is a guy who had been taking pictures and having fun, but no, if you're protesting police brutality, he's fucking out of there. Mm -hmm. So I immediately, they look at me and I look at them on the stage, they're performing. And one, the, the lead guitar player, Angie Swan, gives me a little nod. I immediately grab the beer and put it down. And she and the lady from Toon Yards, who was up there with them at the end, mouth thank you to me as they're singing. And it was just like... Oh, man. It was just one of those things, man. You know what's funny is our another buddy of ours who we work with,
4: Alex Williams, he was there, and he was up in the balcony with his dad. And he saw that moment go down. He described it to no, me. No shit. He said he saw you doing oh, that. Oh, he knew it was me? He knew it was you. Mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> yep.
4: Oh, that's funny. I got to go talk to him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
3: So anyway, um, just let's quickly describe the setup for people who were not lucky enough to go to the Utopia tour. What was the central sort of magic trick of this show, Noel? Well, it's like, so there's 13 people, I want to say, on stage. 12. 12. Is that
4: including David? Yes, because you have to have. Six on one side and six That's on the other. That's right. That's all have, very it's, it's Very perfectly symmetrical. Yeah. So it's like a marching band. Um, it, instead of a drum kit, you've got, like, a guy playing a... a Snare drum and a guy playing with a rack of like percussion toys and like uh, cowbells and wood blocks and stuff. Then you got a guy with a a bass drum who only plays the bass drum parts. But between them, you have this incredibly elaborate (laughs) drum setup. And these guys are all like six dudes, seasoned. Some of them I think were Brazilian, actually, a couple of them were, and just seasoned pros, percussion geniuses. Then you got like a bass player, um, guitar player. Some guys playing like a talking drum, and then there' like synth, yes, a synth player, like one guy with a like, a little portable synth, and they all have their instruments strapped to them, and they're completely untethered and mobile and passing in and out
3: from each other, like doing all so these... there's nothing on stage, I don't think that's clear the the stage yeah. was surrounded on three sides by fifty foot uh kind of beaded chains, they were they silver were, chains, oh they were
4: okay, I couldn't tell from, yeah, where
3: was. and that's all in the stage they had a, they rolled out, I thought they painted the stage, but they rolled out a very light gray, um, like linoleum or something. So it was just this monochromatic silvery white, and there are no speakers, no microphones that you can see, no equipment, no stands, nothing but people wearing their instruments. Yeah, it, it's a digitally, it's a digital age show basically. And yeah, and they have no shoes on. Yeah, they're all and barefoot. They all.
4: Singing like they're so every, all matching and gray suits, they're all matching, in gray suits, but they all sang so anytime there had to be these big like choral moments, oh, everyone would be singing, God. and it was so great. And um, you know, every song had kind of like some kind of like theatrical conceit. Like, there's one where he's sort of like singing to this television uh-huh. that's on the wall, it's like this kind of like weird blue vacuum tube looking yep. thing. And I don't know, man, it was just kind of like somewhere between theater. Performance art and like the best rock yeah. show you've ever been to.
3: yeah and, like Broadway yeah it was all right there mm-hmm. um, he well again like stop making sense he, he begins the show alone and on stage sitting at a desk singing to a uh, a large brain yep. uh, prop yeah and uh, one by one and and if you knew nothing about the show and you were just there watching it unfold one by one these people come through the chains wearing their shit. And it dawns on you, like this is the show. Yeah, we're not going to see equipment. We're we're just going to see this highly choreographed uh, art experience. And uh, David Byrne, in his mid sixties, dude, bringing this type of creativity is just mind blowingly uh, inspiring. Oh man, it's like he's how old is he? He's in his mid sixties, dude, and he sounds amazing. He he looked great. And just, like, he's one of the great American treasures. Yeah, I agree. And he, honestly, his voice
4: sounds better than it ever has. His energy level was through the roof. Oh, man. Um, And just the whole design of the show and everything about it was just, every sound you heard came from those players on stage. And he makes a point of stopping the show midway through and kind of, like, proving that that's Mm -hmm. the case by building a song one piece at a time with all these guys uh, and, and, and
3: women. A huge... Huge, huge band, very diverse. Yeah, from all multicultural, over the world. Just, it's wonderful. Uh, I got the only guitar pick I think of the what? night at the very end. Angie Swan, his guitar player, who just shreds. Yeah, she tossed the pick up, and the lights went out the second she did that, and the lights came back up. It was like a blink, and I think I was the only person who saw it, and I was immediately looking, and it was just sitting on the floor in front of this guy next to me. Snatched it up, it said David Byrne on one side, Andrew Swan on the other. Aw. And Emily was like, Where'd you get that? I was like, She threw it. No one else noticed. And um man, it was just really something else. I, I would that's the kind of show you're like you're mad that you can't see it again like yeah. three or four more times. Yeah, or like yeah, for the first time. For the first time, again. Yeah. No, it was pretty special. Definitely top three for me. Uh, so yeah, good easy that it's worth discussing here on a movie related podcast. Well, you know, again, uh, he he has one of the great movie concert documentaries of all time under his belt. right? That's just Utopia Tour has got to be number two.
4: I mean, I think it's better. I I think in in some ways, you know, it had all of the same, like, energy and, 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 like, creativity as Stop Making Sense. But it honestly took it to the next logical place. It made it more theatrical, but not in, like, a pretentious, annoying way. It's just full of, like... Fun and joy and kind yeah, of yeah, like, man. Oh, man. I needed it. Yeah, me
3: too. It was amazing. I can't. I can't imagine he can top this. What do you do after that? I don't know, man. <laughs> Probably don't tour for a very long time. <laughs> All right, maybe you know what I'll do. I took some great front row picks. They said no cameras, and I am a not a camera at concert guy. They said no cameras. Yeah,
4: everyone had. I mean, everyone had their. their I know,
3: up. I, but here's the deal. When I see that request, I really try to abide. But I here's what I did. I waited till I knew that they could not see me because what I definitely didn't want to do was be on the front row and have David Byrne like looking at me, taking a photo. So the one part where they had that big, they wheeled out that huge spotlight in their face. Yeah, they couldn't see anything. So I took a few great pictures there. And then I just waited till like no one was around and tried to be tasteful with my opportunities. Yeah. So I'll I'll post some of those on the um, movie crush page. Such a fun night. I thought during Once in a Lifetime, I literally thought I was on ecstasy. Oh, yeah. And I wasn't. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) There were a couple moments. It was so overwhelming. Oh, big time. I was crying, but not crying. There was just like water coming out Mm -hmm. of my eyes from exuberance over art. Yeah. I was just kind of like,
4: I'm making making a big, (laughs) big face right now. Just a big, happy fucking face.
3: Oh, man. We had so much fun. I'm going to go over to the Movie Crushers page because uh, our buddy Gabriel Cortez actually posted a really great social studies post, and I'm just gonna I'm just gonna read that. He says this: "Forget favorites. What movies have you seen the most? I'd love some honesty here. The more embarrassing, the better." Um, and so here we go. And Gabriel Cortez says, "Ghostbusters 2. He said, "Uncle bootlegged it for me when I was a kid." And uh, I guess you just saw it over and over and over. Uh, our buddy Lisa Teixeira. Hey, Lisa. She says, Mean Girls, Princess Diaries, Dodgeball, and The Nightmare Before Christmas. Uh, Greta Koenig says, Mean Girls, another Mean Girls, 10 uh, Things I Hate About You, Wedding Singer, Star Wars, Bridget Jones, uh, Mark Palumbo, Home Alone, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Boy, the, these movies, I mean, you can just watch a lot of these over and over. What movie have you seen the most, do you think? I am not a particular rewatcher. Oh yeah. But um
4: gosh. I don't know. That's hard. Like I mean, back in the day I would watch like Fight Club a bunch. I really like that. Sure. And like Platoon. I like Platoon a lot. All right. Um those are yeah, a couple that I used to watch over and over again.
3: Uh Regina Bringas says stand and deliver. Uh she shows it to her, her school classes. That's great. Um Adam Pelletier. Says, every Harry Potter movie. So, Noel, is that your uh, online name? That is my online alter ego. <laughs> That's my username and Pottermore. Uh, Ch- Champ Rosado says, uh, Major League One and Two, way too many times. Uh, and Goodfellas is very high on the list, too. Uh, Carrie McQuaid says, A Fish Called Wanda, Sleepless in Seattle. Uh, Sarah Stapleton says, Jurassic Park, Princess Bride, Coming to America, Dazed and Confused, Mean Girls. Mean Girls get a lot of love. Ciara uh, Sherry Pacific Rim. Wow.
4: Oh, I have a better answer. Any of the Monty Python movies. Those are okay. I- infinitely rewatchable to me. Yeah. Especially uh, Meaning of Life and um, uh, Holy Grail.
3: Yes. Agreed. Uh, let me see here. Michael Griffith, All the par- Harry Potters, dozens of times. Uh, Brent Watson, Back to the Future. Darlene George, Dirty Dancing. That's Emily has seen that movie a lot. Uh, Nicholas Sundheimer, A Christmas Story. Um, I legit watch it at least five times a year before Christmas Eve. And it's always on in the background during the 24 hour reviewing. Uh, Jimmy Mallory says Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 more than any movie ever. Interesting. Oh, well, he is a four year old. He used to watch it every day. Four years old? All right.
4: That movie's a little intense for a
3: four year old. Hey, man. Hey. Uh, not judging. No, Jimmy, not at Jimmy all. does what Jimmy wants. <laughs> it's true. I should be on a shirt. <laughs> uh paul manjurids frozen maybe 40 times i did dogger? see
4: frozen i did see frozen quite a lot and i enjoyed it every single time
3: i haven't showed that to ruby yet oh it's
4: great i'm sure she'd dig it yeah she'll love the the, the snowman <laughs> what's his name i don't know i haven't seen it fuck it. i can how can i not remember the snowman's name snowy no it's Frozy, like, Frozy. It's like Klaus or something. I don't know. Klausy? No, it's not. It.
3: <laughs> Klausy, the froze guy. There you go. <laughs> uh, no, Olaf. Olaf is. His Ol- oh, name. Olaf. Okay, I've forgotten that. Um, let me see here. David Gooch, the Gooch, says uh, all the Lord of the Rings movies, maybe Minority Report. Uh, Karen Patrick says Navy SEALs in the hundreds. Wow. No. I challenge that. I'm throwing a flag. What even is that? Well, it's a movie. I've heard of it. But, Karen, have you really seen that movie over a hundred times? Is it an 80s movie? Early 90s, maybe? Uh, I don't know. But I like it. She says this. Um, No explanation other than I just really like cheese. Next to Star Wars, probably also in the hundreds for regular reasons.
4: Oh, yeah. Charlie Sheen's in it. It's from 1990. Oh, is it one of the
3: spoof movies? or No. It's no, a real it's
4: movie. It's called Navy Seals, and it's uh, it's got Charlie Sheen and who else?
3: I think I know that movie. Bill Paxton is in it. Oh, wait. I've seen that a hundred times, too. I know that movie. <laughs> and yet you remember nothing about it. <laughs> uh, Chad Burns says School Ties and Shawshank. Uh, Brandy Elena says Dirty Dancing, How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days, Cruel Intentions, Goodwill Hunting, and The Italian Job. Uh, let me do a couple more here. Jason Devonshire, Sunday Too Far Away. I don't know that movie. I'm going to have to check that out. Uh, Don Morris. Hi, Don. Uh, we got cable for the first time when I was 10. I swear I watched On Golden Pond no less than 40 times. Don, you and me both. Uh, it's funny to think about it, but I was a little 10 or 11-year-old watching On Golden Pond as well, which was funny because it's just a very adult movie. Um not an adult film, no. But it mean? doesn't. It, isn't it about like love triangles and no? It's about this fractured relationship of a woman and her dying old father oh. and mother and this vacation house in like Maine or someplace okay. that they go to. It's like a deep family drama. Yeah, starring the Fondas. Is it like the Thorn Birds? No, remember that? That <laughs> no, was like a I made for TV. That. Wasn't
4: that a made for TV movie?
3: Yeah, they used to call those miniseries. That's the one. Yeah, it was a mini series. Now they just call those whatever Netflix shows. Uh, but yeah, and Golden Pond was not a movie like 10 or 11 year olds should have been super into. And apparently, Don and I were, were parking our cars in the same garage. Uh, I think the Thornbirds was pretty steamy. Uh, I think so. Is that Richard Chamberlain? It
4: is. He's king of the miniseries. It is Richard Chamberlain uh, and Barbara Stanwyck and Christopher oh. Plummer. And the tagline is love, unsust- unattainable, forbidden forever. <laughs> The Thorn Birds.
3: I love it. He was also in Shogun, Richard Chamberlain. Where did he go? Uh, all right, a couple more. Anka M. says, Dumb and Dumber, and Amelie. Great movie. All right, and we'll finish up with Megan and Nicole with How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of people like that movie. I don't know that one. I think that it's was- a, it's, a, uh, it's a rom-com, I, I assume. Yeah, it was um, McConaughey and uh, Goldie Hans kid. What's her name? Kate Hudson. I, I saw it. No silly and fun. I get that's kind of uh, kind of movie you do watch a bunch because it's on and not particularly offensive. So thanks for listening everyone and uh, we'll we'll see you next week, right Noel? I guess.
2: Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks.